Welcome. We are so glad you have joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. God is so good. I love Christmas time. Celebrate, sing all those carols. And as we were worshipping this morning, I just felt this incredible power of God in the house. Wow. Wow. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly and said, some of you have got relatives that are facing incurable disease or have got major challenges in their life. They're, they're not in church today. They're at home. Or you may be seeing them or contacting them over the Christmas time. And I felt the Spirit of God say, some of you are going to go home or next time you see those people, something will have significantly shifted in their mind, in their attitude, in their perspective. Depression will have lifted. Some disease is going to be moved. I saw it by faith in the name of Jesus. I felt it so strong. And if you identify that, why don't you reach up to heaven and say, God, I take that word for me. I take that for my family. Lord, I take that for that person, that situation. In the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up their name to Jesus right now. Let's believe for depression to shift. Let's believe for that offence and that reaction to Christianity will start to break off of their heart and their soul. That a physical condition is going to be shifted in Jesus' name. That addiction that's held them for years is losing its power over their life. In the name of Jesus. Lord, you are all powerful. You are in control. Lord, all things are possible to him that believes. And right now we stand together and we unite in faith for a breaking of that disease. Lord, for a lifting of that depression. Lord, a breaking free of that addiction. Lord, that reaction to the gospel will break off of their minds in their hearts. Lord, that offence will lose its power in Jesus' name because you are all powerful. Lord, you are in control. Nothing is impossible to you. Lord, we believe for the overflow in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Lord, that shaking free of that over their lives because when you came into this earth, everything changed and it still changes in the name of Jesus. Oh God, God, I just see the pressure lifting off hearts in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you for it, Lord. That unbelief is being shaken. Lord, you're going to reach into hearts and minds and set people free in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh God. And one other word I got as Mary Lynn was sharing about giving. There's a few people here say, hey, I give so much and people just don't appreciate it. And sometimes I feel like, Lord, what's the point of just giving so much to family? Because they just don't receive it or respond to it. And the Lord says, I see it. I appreciate it. I see your heart. Even if people don't, and even if they misuse it, God says, don't stop loving and giving because I see it and I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Lord. I just thank you that you speak to us. So clearly, Lord, you speak to our hearts. I pray right now you'd continue to speak to us through your word. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Give someone a high five or a smile and let's take our seats. God, you're so good. Wow, wow. Aren't you so good that God still speaks to us today? Aren't you so glad that he came and spoke through the angels to declare the good news. And the, the scripture that was read by uh, Peanuts. That's my scripture for today. 
So even he's in tune with the Holy Spirit, eh? We're continuing this theme of hope has a name. We started last week, hope has a name, and where hope, God knows when to show up. And we remembered that God showed up after 400 years of silence throughout history. 400 years since the prophet had spoken to Zechariah, he then speaks to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. And that was the beginning. And it says, when the time had fully come, God sent his son. So I want to remind you, God's never late. He's always on time. You just got to trust him. And all things are possible to him that believes. That was our message last week. This week, I want to talk about hope because God knows when to speak up. I want to look at the angel message, the angelic declaration from heaven. God knows when to speak up. Oh, God, so powerful. So in the Passion of Luke 2, 8, it says, That night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly an angel appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God, and the shepherds were terrified or afraid. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it's for everyone, everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He's the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him by this miracle sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Then all at once, a vast number of glorious angels appeared. The very armies of heaven, they all praised God singing, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. When the choir of angels disappeared back to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go. Let's hurry and find the word that is born in Bethlehem. Wow. Remember, he's the word that became flesh. And see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. So they ran into the village and found their way to Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in a feeding trough. Upon seeing this miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted what had just happened. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they were told. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and often pondered what they meant. The shepherds returned to their flock, ecstatic over what had happened. They praised God and glorified him for all they had heard and seen for themselves, just like the angel had said. When God speaks, he means what he says, and it will come to pass. And that's what we want to be reminded of today. In verse 6, many Bible scholars believe that the fields that the shepherds were in were the same fields where the sacrificial flocks were kept for temple worship. So they weren't just normal shepherds. These shepherds were looking after the, the sheep that were used in worship and sacrificial offering to God from the Old Testament until Jesus died on the cross. That was one of their key ways of worship to cover their sin. So these shepherds were just outside of town and that's the sheep they were caring for. How fitting that these shepherds would hear the announcement of the birth of the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. Verse 12, the angel says, 
there'll be a baby lying in a feeding trough. And this was where animals were kept nearby. Said, you'll see this baby wrapped in strips of cloth and it would become a sign of the man's saviour's life on earth. Jesus entered the world as a lowly baby and though he is the mighty God, he lived his life on earth in gentleness before all. The shepherds that night were possibly near Bethlehem at Migdal El Idar, the watchtower of the flock. This would fulfill both the prophecies of Micah 5.2 and Micah 4.8, which says, To you he will come, your kingdom from old will arrive. It was at the lower floor of the watchtower that the birthing of the Passover lambs would take place. Selected ewes that were about to give birth would be brought there. After the birth of the lambs, the priestly shepherds would wrap the lambs in cloth and lay them in a manger lined with soft hay to prevent them from hurting themselves. For Passover lambs must be unblemished with no bruise or broken bone. The miracle sign for these priestly shepherds would be a baby boy lying where the Passover lamb should be in a manger wrapped in strips of cloth. It was at the cradle of Jesus Christ that the kingdom from ancient times arrived on earth. I've never seen that until this week. And all of a sudden, I understood what the angel said. He said, you will see a miraculous sign. You will go and see a baby in a trough where they feed animals, wrapped in cloths. This was the miraculous sign that the, the shepherds were the main people who understood what that meant. And I've sung those carols all my life and never understood that until this week. I read the note in a study Bible and all of a sudden it just exploded. I thought, wow, that's what the miraculous sign really meant. See, nothing is by accident. When God speaks, there's always meaning and sometimes levels of meaning which we don't understand. And I want to encourage you that at this Christmas time, just like at this first Christmas... There were miraculous signs and wonders and miracles that changed this world forever. And I want you to reflect for a moment on what signs and wonders has God done in your life that maybe at the time you never fully understood or maybe you did but you've forgotten the power of it because life's just travelled on. Jesus comes with miraculous signs and wonders of transforming your life and forgiving you of your sin or helping you get over the trauma and pain of offence or abuse that you could never, ever sort out yourself. But the sign and wonder is that now you're free of that. 
or someone that you love and know, you think, I'd love to see them change, and one day before your very eyes, they change. That's a sign and a wonder. And I just believe this Christmas time, today, we're seeing the power of the sign of what was really happening on that night. That's why the shepherds were absolutely amazed. It says they ran through the streets on the way home shouting out what they had seen. And I don't think a lot of people got it then, just like a lot of us haven't understood it until now. Now let me tell you, everything that happened on that night and every day of Jesus' life is life transforming. It's a sign and a wonder. And God wants your life to be so connected to Jesus that anyone who comes around your life has an opportunity to encounter the Jesus of signs and wonders and miracles. His love flowing through your life. His presence flowing through you. The power of your words, because they're empowered by Jesus, go out and change the atmosphere over people's lives. Think, boy, could that happen? Yes, it can. And yes, it does. Because God speaks. This was an absolute miracle. But I've been amazed that sometimes God shows up and does signs and wonders and people reject it, react to it, or don't even respond to it. I'll never forget when I was a youth pastor on the Sunshine Coast. (coughs) We had a lady who was dying of incurable cancer. She came to church. Some people prayed for her. Within weeks, she was totally, totally healed. Absolute miracle. Do you know what? That lady never came to church again, never gave her heart to Jesus and just passed it off and said, oh, it was just something good that happened. I remember as a young guy, I thought, how on earth could you react or reject or not respond to an absolute miracle that saved a life but being human sometimes we explain a whole lot of signs and wonders away in our minds say oh that was just a coincidence oh that was just awesome medical intervention or well there was one in a thousand chance it might happen and it happened so let's get on with life I'm thinking how can you dismiss ignore reject not respond to the signs and wonders and miracles that Jesus has done and still does every day I think Lord forgive us when we walk past don't understand the transformation I'll tell you God's doing some amazing things in many lives in this church and this community let's not walk past it let's give thanks Let's not be like the nine lepers who never came back to thank God, but let's be the one who comes back. And it says, today you are, have salvation, not just healing. Because a responsive heart means you'll receive and live in the fullness of what God is doing. Wow. In the message it says of Luke 2.10... Don't be afraid, I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A saviour has just been born in David's town, a saviour who is Messiah and Master. NIV says, 
The angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. God speaks through the angel's message. And point one, Peter shared it at communion. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Respond to the voice of God when he speaks to you. Don't reject it or pull back out of fear. The Bible says to fear God. That is a holy reverence, an awareness that he is awesome, our creator in charge, the creator of the heavens and the earth, creator of our amazing bodies and just how our eyes work and our ears. Everything is just an incredible creation. We have an awesome reverence of our almighty God. That's when it says fear the Lord. But that's not a cringing, pulling back reaction that locks you down. That is the fear that destroys. So fear not. Don't let fear that cripples you in life and in freedom control you. Because sometimes when God speaks, because remember, back in this time, God spoke through prophets, angels, and dreams and visions. They didn't have the whole written Bible as we know it. Yes, there were some Old Testament texts, and, but a lot of the average people didn't read them. They were read in the temple. So God had to speak through angels and these, and he still does that from time to time. But now we've got the written word and we've got the Holy Spirit living in us so he can be speaking all the time to us and through us. But I still meet people today when it's so clear that God's speaking a word of hope to them, but they say, "Uh uh-uh, not for me. I'll never forget years ago, I was in church and the spirit of prophetic word came on me and there was a couple sitting towards the back of the church. It was not this church, it was another church. And I said, I believe God's got a word for you. And as soon as I said that, the lady's eyes opened and she was really receptive. And the guy says, no, I don't want it. He yelled out to me. I was shocked. I'd never heard anyone publicly say, I don't want to hear a word from God. (laughs) I think, what do I do now? I'm on the spot. The whole church is looking at me. What do I do? I said a quick prayer. Holy Spirit, what do I do now? (laughs) You have any spots where you don't know? And I felt the Holy Spirit just whispering. He says, give the word as much as you can that's going to bless her, but you don't give what he doesn't want to receive. So in my spirit, God reshaped the word and she got so blessed and came up the her and says, thank you, that was so powerful. I said, what's the story with your husband? They were from overseas. I won't tell what nation because I don't want to disparage that nation. But they are from overseas. He said, He's just had a lot of pain in his life and he's had some supposed words and they've never happened and he's not really following God and he's away from God and he's just too scared. I said, that is a shame that fear has locked his heart up. And I thought, wow, that was a dramatic demonstration of someone rejecting the word of God before he'd even heard it (laughs) because of fear. And sometimes we share a word of hope or offer to pray for someone. Most people say yes, and everyone says, no, 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 thanks. I think, God. But God still keeps speaking and loving, even if we don't get it, first time or second time or third time or hundredth time, you keep on loving and keep on speaking. So don't be afraid. Reverence him. Be amazed in awe of his presence. Secondly, the angel's message said, this is good news. Gospel means good news. It says it's really good news. It's great news. And the gospel is still the greatest news ever. 
There's so much bad news going on. You turn on the television or you listen to the radio or you, you jump on um, online news and nine out of the ten stories are always bad news and trauma and fear and, and strife and craziness. Hardly any good news. But we've got great news. And let's not be ashamed of the great news. Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. This is really good news to live out a Christian life. Matthew 4.23, it says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. That is really, really, really good news. Hey, let's carry this good news. Let it be in our words, in our attitudes, our actions. Let's not be ashamed of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God. Mark 16, 20 says, And the apostles went out in announcing the good news everywhere as the Lord himself consistently worked with them, validating the message they preached with miracle signs that accompanied them. I've learnt when you share the good news by faith, God will show up and do miracles. He will transform a hardened heart. He will soften someone's soul that has been just bruised and wounded through life, overwhelmed by grief and pain. But the love of Jesus can come through those words. He says, through the foolishness of preaching and teaching the word, He will change hearts. Why on earth do we come every Sunday? We love the music and worship. Why do we sit for half an hour and listen to someone preach? Because God says, communicating the gospel by words, actions, whatever way we do it, gifts can share the amazing good news of Jesus Christ. Acts 5.42 says, Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Every day, we have a choice whether we focus on the bad news or the good news. A few years ago when things were, there were some bad things happening, I can't remember what it was, and the Lord reminded me of Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Darkness covers the people. See, gross darkness covers the peoples and the nations. But... Arise, shine, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And as clear as a bell, it was in a Friday morning prayer meeting, I was walking up and down praying, and the Holy Spirit said, there's going to be increasing light and increasing darkness. Which one are you going to focus on? That was as clear as a bell. And from that moment on, I said, Lord, I'm going to focus on the good news. I won't ignore the bad or the problems, because that's we can pray and bring life into them. So you don't deny they're there, but I spend 95% of my time focusing on Jesus and the good news. And from time to time when I need to address the other, I will. Otherwise, fear and anxiety will grip and overwhelm your soul so quickly. The Bible says in the last days, people's hearts will fail them for fear. You look across the world, they're afraid the world's collapsing. They're afraid that with the pollution that we're going to destroy our planet. I've been hearing that message for 50 years and we're still here breathing. Hey, yeah, there are issues. There are concerns. Let's be sensible and good stewards. But don't let fear and anxiety grip your hearts because it'll cause you to live a distorted perspective on life. You can have a pain in your body and if you let fear and anxiety rule you, you're about to die by the time you get to the 
doctors for a checkup. You haven't even had the checkup yet. What's going on? Fear and anxiety can just steal from your life. But let's focus on the good news and have faith to address the bad news. That's how we have to live our life. Number three, it says, this message will bring great joy. So number one, don't be afraid. This is the angel's message. Number two, focus on the good news. Number three, it will bring great joy. Jesus is the most joyous news the world has ever heard. Do you know joy? It's more than happiness. Because the word happy and happiness, happiness depends on good happenings. And when there's not good happenings or good circumstances, we're not happy. We get sad, depressed, anxious, overwhelmed. Joy comes, it's an inside job from God's heart to our spirit. And it's an inside job that comes out and overwhelms and is not controlled by the happenings around us. That's why joy is something that God gives us of freedom and hope. And out of that, you start to affect the atmosphere around you. Otherwise, it will come and swamp you. But this good news is a joy that bubbles out of your soul. Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And God wants us to be changing the atmosphere around us, in your neighbourhood, in your workplace, in your doctor's clinic, in the classroom. The joy of the Lord is our strength and it comes out of here and it pushes back the darkness. It will swamp it and wash it out of the way and we've got to choose to let the joy bubble up. And you need to know how to release joy in your heart. For me, praise and worship plugs me in within 10 seconds. For some, you start to pray in the Spirit and that one gets me fired up within about a minute. For some, just taking time and meditating on the Word and that will bring great joy as, you think. as I saw this message about the, the sign. I thought that brought great joy to my heart. It's so inspiring. God, you organised that 2,000 years ago. You know, most revelation is not new truth. It's just you discovering something that's always been there. The scientists get amazed when they discover how the eye works or something in our body works or creation. And they're amazed to think, God, you created that thousands of years ago. It's always been there. We've just discovered it. To know the forgiveness of Jesus in our lives, it's always been available. You've just discovered how to walk and live in it. I believe God can teach us how to learn to live in the joy of the Lord in our souls. And you don't know how to plug into that and release it because let me tell you, people love to be around happy people. They love to be around joyful people. Doesn't mean you have to tell jokes all the time. It just means there's something flowing out of your soul that brings joy and freedom and love. It's contagious. Christianity should be contagious, not dull and boring and religious and predictable and full of laws. It should be so contagious. People say, I don't know what you've got, but I want some of it. That's what should happen. And God's saying, hey, let's live this life so that it's contagious. People want to hang around you. When Jesus walked on the earth, it says the sinners love to hang around him. Everyone loved to hang around him except the religious people because they had all the rules and laws how God should appear and it didn't match them. So they're the only ones Jesus had trouble with. Everyone else wanted to hang around him because there was something of peace and love and hope coming out of his soul. They said, we don't understand this, but we want some of what you've got. And that message hasn't changed. The joy of the Lord. Acts 16, 34, it says, The jailer brought Paul and Silas into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. This jailer 
saw the miracle sign that when Paul and Silas sang and praised God, an earthquake came, all the chains fell off, all the doors fell open, but no one escaped. And they said, this is an unbelievable miracle. They said, what must we do to be saved? And it says there was great joy in that family. I bet they never, ever forgot that night. Hey, don't ever forget the joy of your salvation. Don't, don't forget that. That's why I love working with new Christians and sharing Jesus with people who are not yet Christians because it reminds me of how much joy there is in knowing Jesus Christ. If your Christianity's got a bit dull and boring, get around some people who need the good news and let it flow and your, your own salvation joy will start to stir up again. It just stirs your heart. John 15, 9 says, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continue to let my love nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands. For I continually live nourished and empowered by His love. My purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. Wow. You say, well, I'm just one of those melancholy types. I don't have this joy thing like you've got. Hey, I don't, I don't see anywhere where Jesus said, hey, there's exceptions for the different personality types. I don't see that in the Bible. We'll express our life in different ways. I understand that fully. But hey, joy goes above personalities and circumstances. Don't let the enemy use that as an excuse. Say, well, that's just not me. Hey, I know really quite introverted people, they get really excited inside. They just don't always put it on the outside as much as extroverts do. Doesn't mean you experience less. Sometimes it's even more intense because you're a deep well. Express it. Let it come. Let it flow. My favorite scripture, Romans 15, 13. Actually, Manly and I have a joke. He says, I bet he'll get this scripture into this sermon today. We're preaching on hope, so I cannot leave it out again, Ashley. Romans 15, 13. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy. Wow, how long is it since you had uncontainable joy? You just ran out of words. You're just so excited. It's like sometimes I watch when people receive a gift or, or uh, they see a baby for the first time. There's uncontainable joy. And yet we live with such mundane boredom most of our lives. It says Jesus, in Luke 19, when the disciples had sent out to preach the good news, pray for the sick, and cast out demons, it says they came back and told the story. It says Jesus was filled with uncontainable joy and said, Father, you've revealed it to these people. Now, I reckon if he was uncontainable, he was probably jumping up and down. He was probably leaping and shouting. You say, would Jesus do that? Yes, he would. We've got this religious picture of Jesus, nice and meek and mild. Hey, he was real and the people loved being around him and kids don't hang around boring people and the kids love being around Jesus. So some of us need to get some of our religious, boring clothes off of us so that we can live with more freedom. More freedom in our souls, out of your personality, out of your soul. Because that becomes contagious, Christianity. And that's what Jesus bought. It says there'll be uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. Wow. 
How much hope's radiating from your face today? I hope it's, is it that wide? Well, it says hope should radiate from our lives. Not depression and fear and negativity and say, I don't know how we're going to cope. I don't know how we're going to make it through. Hey, let some hope and radiate from your soul and see what will happen. Let me tell you, God gets attracted to that. God gets attracted to hope and faith like that. And He says, well, if that's the way they're going to live, I'm just going to double dose them. And so we think, how come that person's so happy and there's breakthroughs happening? I'll tell you why, because they've set their heart in the right way and God says, I'm coming there. I'm going to their place to party because they love me and I'm going to give them more. That's why church should be the most exciting thing that happens in your world every week. Church should be the most exciting hour and a half. You can't wait to get there, get filled up and then carry that for the week because God loves people that have contagious joy. He loves people that respond to His signs and wonders. They love people that are seeking and searching for the truth, saying, God, just reveal yourself like you did when you first came on this earth. I just believe God said, come on, let's let this love flow. Let this joy, this uncontainable joy some people come in and say, why do you clap and dance? I said, because we've got uncontainable joy. I've watched some of you when you go to the football or when your team's winning. They're up and their hands are raised, they're clapping and cheering. Hey, church should be more exciting than someone kicking a football. I love football, but let me tell you, to know that your sins are forgiven and the Son of God has come to reveal all of heaven, there should be uncontainable joy bubbling in our souls. That's real Christianity, what Jesus brought to our lives. Oh God, help us not to settle with boredom, with just religion and narrowness. Mate, we've got to wrap this up. The fourth thing the angel came was a message of peace and hope for everyone. It wasn't just for a small section of society. Verse 13, 14 of Luke 2, Then all at once a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven. And they all praised God, seeing glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. It was for everyone. Everyone who would be open to receive it. Every nationality, every culture, Every background. The fact he came to these lowly shepherds. They were considered some of the poorest of the poor in that society. Being a shepherd was, was considered one of the lowest roles in society. So Jesus came to show himself to them. Didn't go to the kings or the princes or the rich people. A lot of them struggled. When he did show up to them, they just couldn't get it. So God will sometimes come to those who are poor and needy and he shows himself and then God's grace overflows them. I just think God help us to be able to receive. John 3.16 says, For this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish but will experience everlasting life. It's for everyone. Maybe you're here today saying, I'm not sure about this God stuff. I'm still trying to work it out. Let me tell you, the gospel of good news is for everyone, which includes you. It includes your neighbour. It includes the person who doesn't want to hear about it at work yet. The message is for them. You can't make people believe, but boy, you can make it very 
contagious, so they want to find out what you've got. It has to be salt and light. You only need a little bit of salt to make the meal tasty. I remember my dad, he was a character, and uh, Marilyn was cooking one day, and remember that we were up on the farm, and the top of the pepper pot came and fell off, and uh, most of a whole pot of pepper fell into the mince. So Marilyn tried to get most of it out, and, and mate, that was an interesting meal. But my daddy kept eating through it and shaking his head and drinking some more water, and he, he wasn't going to miss out on his meal, but boy... If you get too much salt in a meal, it can make it unpalatable. And sometimes as Christians, we overwhelm people with Bible verses and you must, you must. But hey, let's make it so contagious with a bit of salt that makes them thirsty and curious that they just think, what are you guys up to? God, teach us how to shine and radiate your joy and your life and your life. Let's be light and salt that people just want to find out what this is about. No matter what barriers they've got in their minds. God, your love is contagious. John 6.40 says, For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Last point. There's lots more the angel said, but the last one was, he said, a saviour has been born. He will save his people from their sins. As the worship team come. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Wow, this is the great news. This is the great news. Last night as I just spoke for a few moments about Jesus, I think, God, there's thousands of people here. I've been praying for weeks, Lord, let it sit in their hearts that they cannot ignore your call, your message. Folks, let us become bold and courageous but filled with love and joy and peace that people think, I don't get it, but I want to find out more. Jesus. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Wow, wow. There's a cry across this city. There are a thousand people today saying, I don't know how I'm going to make it through another year. My family's torn up. There's grief and loss. There's pain. There's negativity. There's fear. Hey, the good news is Jesus has come for everyone. We have hope today because God knows when to speak up. Matthew 4.4, last verse for you to meditate on and go away with. Jesus, when he was facing the temptation of the enemy to turn the stones into bread, he hadn't eaten for 40 days. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God proceeds. The Passion Version says... The scriptures say, bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in every word which constantly goes forth from God's mouth. Because the word proceeds is a present continuous tense. So we live 
by the continuous word as he makes the Bible alive to you. As you hear someone's testimony and it comes alive. As you're worshiping, singing the songs, it gets your spirit. They're not just words of a song anymore. All of a sudden, it's the word of God coming, say, all things are possible. God, you're in control. You are all powerful. And as you sing that, all of a sudden, you realize, hey, he's powerful enough to shift that thing over my life or my family. Lord, you're powerful enough to shake the very atmosphere of my workplace. Lord, you're powerful enough to break that thinking pattern of addiction off my soul. So the words that you're singing all of a sudden become the Word of God for your life because it's proceeding from the heart of Jesus and it becomes life to you as you believe it and receive it. Man shall not be satisfied by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth that proceeds and continues to flow. I want to encourage you. I trust that every week you're hearing from the voice of God. Not looking for weird and wacky stuff, just letting Jesus speak to your heart. When you pray, when you worship, when you meditate, when you're serving, often when you're just doing life in your workplace, you're at working as a shop assistant and someone walks in and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, hey, speak a word of hope to them today. They're carrying a really heavy load. You don't know anything about it, but so when you're serving them, you just bring some hope to their heart. You ask them a question, how's life going? Oh, it's terrible. Sometimes they'll tell you, other times they won't tell you, but say, hey, I'll be praying for you this week. Or I've found a real hope in my heart. And it's amazing what can happen because you are now speaking the words of life from God. Let's stand in His presence. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. What's God speaking to you about today? Is He saying, trust me? Is He saying, surrender to me? Is He saying, let my love and power fill you? Is he saying, serve me with all your heart? Is he saying, you're not a mistake? Is he saying, you can overcome and be free? Is he saying, my grace is more than enough for you? Or I've created you in my image and I want to reveal my love and image to others. Thank you for joining us. Bayside Christian Church Community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or on our social media pages at Bayside Christian Church.